Welcome to the 10th podcast in the Financial Framework series. Financial Frameworks is dedicated to helping you create a stronger financial decision-making process by using interdisciplinary tools that make finance personal and integrate your values with these tools. Do you enjoy learning by doing things and testing ideas? Do you feel that you are making okay decisions and wonder what you could do to improve them? And always my third question, do you know what you don't know? about solid financial decision-making. If these questions resonate and this approach makes sense to you, you should find this helpful. If it doesn't strike a chord, maybe it will at some later time, and you will be interested in listening then. I'm Mike Lehan, the author of Financial Frameworks. I've taught finance to operations managers for 18 years, and I'm bringing what worked there to the internet in 15 to 20-minute segments. Hopefully, these podcasts will ignite the desire for more knowledge, wherever you get it, about making solid financial decisions. Today's podcast is a starter kit for reading financial reports and for building your own core financial statements, basically an income statement and a balance sheet. It is important to be able to at least look at financial statements and A, discern whether you think the company is going in the right direction or not, B, be able to ask questions to learn more and gain more knowledge, and C, understand your own financial position in standard financial terms. Again, an accurate income statement and balance sheet without having to spend two weeks doing so or paying a CPA to do it for you. Many people shy away from examining the financial reports because without a framework for dissecting them, they can be confusing and the average reader not trained in finance often assumes that they don't have the skill to comprehend this stuff. Consider this. Possibly the financial report presenter intends for it to be confusing, or more often simply presents the information as they, the financial experts, understand it. And that should be good enough for everybody else. Well, it's not. Having taught smart people for a long time, I understand that not everyone looks at data the same way. This podcast peels away enough of the confusion and sorts out the details for you to be confident about understanding what you are reading and then to learn more on your own if you want to. So let's start with some questions that most people start with when reading financial materials. Because after all, you're reading for a purpose. So let's focus on the information you want rather than trying to look at this as an encyclopedia and then we'll move on to some examples. People read financial reports when investigating companies, either for investing or for a job search, or for example, when you're concerned about a local or regional economy or the economic future in general. Uh, For example, now, are we going to have a recession or not? So you should be able to look at a company and say, yep, uh, I really like this company, they're gonna do well, or given the conditions today, I wanna hold back. So let's divide the questions into two categories, immediate or specific, and then long-term or learning in general related. A couple of specific questions. You pick up the financial report and you ask, is this business doing well? And does it appear that it will do well in the future? Is it making money in the conditions that exist today? And what's the likelihood it will continue into the future? The numbers will tell you that if you know how to read them. So then you say, well, what specific numbers are indicators? As I'm peeling this company's report apart, where do I find these numbers? Where do I start? Which ones count first? And then lastly, are there red flag numbers that I should be noticing? Those are good specific questions to start with. Now, in terms of general or big 
picture or long-term questions, why do I need this skill? Why do I need to read and understand financial statements? A big piece of it is that you're on your own today. When I started working a long time ago, a partnership with an employer was assumed that there would be some level of economic security. They would invest in my future. I'd be there for a long time and we would take care of each other. Not today. It's the world of 401ks or self-management of retirement funds and the responsibility for a secure retirement and safe investments is shifted to the worker. Additionally, the world is financially much more complex than it used to be. There's a lot more financial instruments. There's a lot more different types of risks. Look at 2000, look at 2008. Financial securities are often more complicated. And one needs to be able to sort through all of this stuff on a purely defensive basis so that you don't find yourself unexpectedly in a surprise financial hole. So those are starter questions. Now here's my overview for getting started with financial reports. I believe that you need to be able to read and understand three financial statements, most importantly two of them, in order to look at an enterprise and sort out what each one means. The first one is the income statement. An income statement is revenues coming in and expenses going out. It's activity. Is the firm or am I making money or losing it? The second is the balance sheet. That's what is owned and what is owed at a point in time. Is the business going to stay in business? Does it have enough assets? The third is a statement of cash flow changes. It records the changes in cash flow and how much is on hand. That is useful to read, but the first two, in my opinion, are what really count. Next, where do you find this information? Officially, companies file reports, a 10Q for quarterly reports and a 10K for an annual report with the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. And they have to do so in a timely way and in a reasonably truthful manner. Not being truthful or deliberately misrepresenting can create problems. So we know that the information, the core information is in these two forms. These two forms are often contained in their quarterly and annual publications on their webpage. You can Google the company that you're interested in. There should be an investor relations section on their website menu, and the 10K or the 10Q will be there. You can read other things as well, but reading the 10K or the 10Q, it's standardized. There are certain things that have to be there. That's always a good place to start. Now you need to know which numbers are more important than the others. So this is a starter kit. This is not comprehensive. This is not everything you need to know in 20 minutes. And I re what I really want to do is whet your appetite. So for starters, in an income statement, after you've opened it up and looked at it, and we're going to use Berkshire Hathaway in this podcast, so because they're clear and, and they have a lot of information and they're complicated. So it's, it's just a great learning tool. So after you've started with the 10K or the 10Q and you've spent a few minutes looking at how the revenues and expenses are categorized, because this varies from company to company, then you ask yourself, is this clear or is this confusing? So now that you're looking at the income statement, the first thing we're going to do is look for trends in operating revenues and in earnings. The annual statement will have previous years many quarterly statements, many 10Qs, but always the 10K will show year-to-year -year, uh, numbers. 
So the first thing you look for are operating revenues. What money came from what this business did to sell and earn money. And then you go to the bottom of the page and you look at their earnings or net earnings. Number two, you look at revenues and accounts receivables because that is money that has come in recently. Those are orders that have come in recently and you want to see a trend in revenues and accounts receivables going up. The third thing is trends in gross expenses. There will be a number of categories and at the bottom it'll say total expenses or gross expenses. And you want to see whether that's going up or down. And if it's moving in parallel with revenues, or if it's exceeding the movement in revenues, or if it's less than the movement in revenues. Those are the three things that you would start with. If you think things look good, then you can explore other areas. But those are three starting points. Now, what to look for for starters in a balance sheet. Number one, current assets versus current liabilities. And we'll spend a few minutes on this later. Number two, long-term debt. Does it seem reasonable? And the number three, owner's equity. That'll be on the liability side of the balance sheet. And you want to see a lot of owner's equity. Okay, now let's look at some examples. We'll look at a real-life example and put our approach into practice. We'll take a thin slice. We'll look at one thing in the income statement and one in the balance sheet of Berkshire Hathaway's annual report and its first quarter statement for 2022. We're using Berkshire Hathaway because it is organized for understanding, not for confusion. Also, it is a large, complex business with different types of of revenues and expenses, and they separate them so that you can see how these different types of entities are functioning. Before you look at the numbers, consider this within a framework. Any business has four parts or active functions. Number one, management and administration. Number two, operations. Three, sales and marketing. Number four, finance. Every business has to do these four things. And while they all need to be working together for the enterprise to succeed, I always look at the numbers having to do with operations. What are the operational revenues and expenses related to producing the product or service first? There's another framework for you. Okay, now looking at our example in the income statement for Berkshire Hathaway. Again, we're looking for trends in operating revenues. These are revenues that are generated by the core business activities. And secondly, we're looking for net earnings. These figures will give you a sense of the volume of business and the profitability of the business. And most importantly, whether it's worth spending any more time looking at this company. And also you can apply these principles to uh, your own personal income statement or your business's income statement. In Berkshire Hathaway's case, looking at the annual report for 2021, and we have to do some adding here because Berkshire lists everything by business line. The first business line is insurance and other, which includes retail. And then the second business line is railroad, utilities, and energy. And it's good that they do this because the way that insurance generates revenues is not the same way that a railroad generates revenues. So we want to look at them and compare things clearly. So putting those two together for our purposes here, operating revenues grew from $245 billion in 2020 to $270 billion in 2021. That's a 12% increase. That's fairly solid. We look at earnings 
and the earnings grew from $42 billion to $87 billion for the same two years. They doubled their earnings. That is worth noting. So looking at the same numbers for the first quarter of 2022, revenues were about 10% higher than the same quarter in 2021, $6 billion higher. Earnings, the net earnings line, however, were 50% lower, largely due to insurance expenses. Should we be concerned about that? I think so. However, we look at the bottom line for the first quarter of 2022, and Berkshire Hathaway still showed a profit of over $5 billion. But we still want to look at why there was that 50% drop. Now looking at the balance sheet, we will look only at current assets versus current liabilities because that's sort of like taking a person's temperature. In the 2021 annual report, current assets totaled $150 billion, and current liabilities were approximately $139 billion. That's fairly close. For the first quarter of 2022, current assets dropped to $112 billion, while current liabilities remained at about $139 billion. We need to look at what caused this change. The current assets, cash, receivables, short-term securities, dropped. Was something bought? How were these funds used? And we need to look at other categories of the balance sheet to see where the money went uh, because uh, that's a change. And we need to understand that. Those are our real-life examples. Now I have a couple of problems or questions for you to consider. My first question for you is, with the information that you have in hand, are you interested or inclined or favorably disposed or not to buy a share of Berkshire Hathaway Class B? Is currently selling for around $260. You need to make a projection as to its future revenues and earnings. So that means that you'll look at the financial statements more, you'll read a little bit about them, and you'll do some additional research. What will that additional research be? There's two parts to the question. Would you consider buying a share? And what additional research do you need to do? Is the research that you've done so far with regard to the income statement and the balance sheet sufficient to get you started? With regard to the additional research, ask yourself, what do I need to look at? Using these financial reports as a starting point, next try to figure out future revenues and earnings in this current inflationary period and with the possibility of a recession coming. Will the products and services sold by Berkshire Hathaway, their insurance, their rail transportation, their energy companies, all of their retail operations, do you think that they will sell less? Will they produce lower revenues? And will they still be profitable? And a year from now or two years from now, when economic conditions are better, will they continue to be profitable and will they continue to grow? You need to have an opinion you may not always have all of the information that you want, but you are thinking about these things and you do have an opinion, so it's better to acknowledge it and build on it. You will use informational resources from the internet, from sources like Yahoo Finance, Bloomberg, Investors Business Daily, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times Business section. Your task is to phrase insightful questions that match your values, incorporate sound measuring techniques, and come up with the hard data upon which you are going to make decisions. The assumption here is that you will be looking for companies who will still be selling products and services and still being profitable during an economic downturn and afterwards. 
My second problem or question for you is that it is important for you to be able to use this knowledge and apply it to your personal financial reality. Do you have a personal balance sheet and an income statement that you look at and really understand? If yes, good for you. If no, how will you build one? And please get started. Finally, I will give you some resources to help you with these two questions. These are links that will be posted on the website finframeworks.com for you to access and to help you delve into these two problems and questions and learn more about reading financial reports. The resources that I'm mentioning here are ones that I have used in teaching my classes and when I do work for myself. I believe they are classic and they should be as useful to you five years from now as they are today. I have two sources to recommend to you. It's a Merrill Lynch publication, How to Read a Financial Report. It's downloadable from the homepages.rpi.edu. So this is not an outfit that's trying to sell you something. I will post the link on my website. This document has been around for a long time. There's been some minor revisions, but it is very straightforward. It's non-technical. It's very solid, and it uh, doesn't offer opinions. It simply describes the elements of financial reports and statements. A second source of information that deals with business financials and personal financials that I think is very insightful is a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Their website is richdad.com. This is something that you don't necessarily need to buy. They have a lot of resources, but I'm willing to bet that your local library has the book because it's been out for a while. It is subjective. It deals with reality from a specific perspective, but I think that it is very useful and it's very insightful. And it's a book that a lot of people use to make a connection to their own specific situation. My third resource suggestion might seem odd to you, but in teaching, I found that many of my students were overwhelmed by the reading assignments that I handed out. And this was because they didn't understand there are different ways to read, and they were reading some of my assignments for memorization, even after I told them to skim the materials for awareness, not testing. For that reason, and because there is so much financial information on the financial report, you need to be able to read selectively and focus in depth on what grabs your attention and what is important. The resource uh, that I recommend to you is a book entitled How to Read a Book by Mortimer Adler. Again, it's been out there for quite a while. It's considered uh, the go-to book on reading for understanding. And I will post a link to summarize it on my website. There's basically four ways to uh, read Uh, One of them is skimming, but skimming for knowledge. Another way is comprehensively for in-depth knowledge. And a third way is comparative. The last way requires a great deal of time and attention. Skimming, but doing it intelligently, enables you to march through a lot of material fairly quickly. That concludes my starter kit for reading financial reports and statements. I hope that you have found it useful. I look forward to bringing you Financial Frameworks Podcast 11. We're going to look at inflation and how people are looking at the possibility of recessions. And we'll try to look at it from the perspective of the Federal Reserve so that some of that mystery is pulled away and you can use that in your analytical thinking. Again, thanks for listening. And again, I hope this has been helpful. Take care.
Michael Lee and 